Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! We're back with another episode of Royally Obsessed. So good to be back. Rachel, I wish we were in person. I know, I'm having such serious FOMO right now. Quick um, backstory on this is we were supposed to record in person today and Finn is sick. So I'm home and Roberta and our amazing producer Alfred are in person together and I just... (laughs) feel a little devastated, but I'll get over it. We'll reschedule. We're having a little party and we wish you were here. No. <laughs> Drinking all the royal refreshments yeah. without me. <laughs> oh, it is that time of year, though. Everyone is getting sick, so it's it's okay. We'll, we'll get together next time. We'll bounce back. Yes. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Email us info at gallerypodcasts.com. Also, I'm Roberta. I don't think I said that yet. I'm Rachel. <laughs> And we have a big episode today. Rachel, what are we talking about? I feel like we literally had to throw out the whole rundown yesterday with the coronation date announcement. So we're going to talk about that. We've got some fun royal refreshment cocktail to discuss, more royal podcast conversations, not just Megan this time. And we're joined by Laura Ann of All That's Pretty Instagram fame to discuss her run-in with Kate in Northern Ireland that made it onto the Prince and Princess of Wales Instagram feed. Mic drop moment. But what are we sipping, Roberta? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. We're sipping up the lagon in a bubble, which is translation Wait, run that Irish. Back, say that again. <laughs> up the lagon in a bubble. Say it quick. It's translation, I wasn't born yesterday is what it means. It's that pink drink that Kate and Will mixed up when they were in Northern Ireland. And it's really complicated, actually. So it's (laughs) not what you would have on hand, but I feel like I'm going to recreate it with stuff I do have on hand. Jasmine gin, fruit tea cordial, umeshu, which is a plum liqueur, cherry, super juice, and soda. And they had these, like, incredible garnishes that they added to them. Kate's looked amazing, but I guess William was the one who won the cocktail-making competition. It was who could make it faster. Hers looked better. She got quality points. He got the quick points, but I just want you to step up to the plate in that game because you're so, That's so much pressure at making. I, I know like it really is. To look that elegant and chic while you shake a metal cocktail shaker is incredible. Kate did an amazing job. They both did. Um, what besides Finn being sick, Rachel? What have you been up to this weekend? I mean, honestly, he's been sick since Friday, but I would like to say that I finally watched Top Gun and had all the flashbacks to that premiere with Tom Cruise <laughs> escorting Cage, like taking her hand. But And I did enjoy it. I mean, I'm separating the actor from the man, all that stuff, but it was a fantastic movie. I feel like that was the, the headlining moment of my weekend. But what about you? That sounds amazing. Um, we did Oktoberfest, which was so much yes, fun. Yes, your photos looked amazing. It was a lot of fun, and then we watched the Eagles win. So it was a, a it was a fun time and quintessential like fall of, weekend. It sounds all like. of Dave's favorite things. Yes, exactly. All right, let's discuss this listener DM from Dana that we received. She wrote to clarify some of our royal height questions. Kate is five nine. Dana knows this because. Dana is 6'3", and height is a regular topic of conversation in her household, she said, at least once a week. She also mentioned that she has loads in common with Will and Kate, a close relationship with her 94-year-old grandma, for example. She was born in 1982, just like Will and Kate. She plays many sports. She's the eldest of three with a younger sister and brother, just like Kate. And on a sadder note, she lost her dad in 1995, only a short time ahead of Diana's passing in 1997. 
She adds at the end that she always has such empathy for the sadness William and Harry felt from losing a parent, and she also loves keeping up with all of their endeavors. She's a big fan of Kate's focus on the early years, but also loves all the royal fashion. Same, same. Um, My favorite PS was that she added that she can't wait to get a Parisian facial sometime, and I am here for that. But Roberta, Royal Heights solved. That was a really fun sidebar last week. I know. 5'9", it's so tall still. I think Diana was 5'10", though. So, I mean, that's where Will and Harry get it. We just need a chart to reference constantly now for episodes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Need to know info. But moving on to Royal History. This week in Royal History. Happy birthday, Fergie. She was born on October 15th, 1959, became the Duchess of York in 1986 when she married Prince Andrew, womp womp. But fun fact, Fergie's dad was manager of the Prince of Wales polo team, so she really knew the royal family from a young age, but we do officially know that Diana was the one that paved the way to that relationship with Andrew. So Fergie is turning 63 this week, which is, wow, you know, she's 63 years young, I guess. But the fun information about Fergie, we had an interview with her because she appeared at the Henley Literary Festival, and she talked a lot about her novels. Uh, Remember Her Heart for a Compass, which came out, I guess, about a year ago, right? Apparently, according to Fergie, the queen gave her her blessing to pen the historical romance novel because, according to Fergie, she wouldn't do anything without the blessing of the boss, which was her name for the queen. Apparently, Fergie also gave the queen copies in English and French, but the queen declined the Italian edition, which kind of made me laugh. I know the queen could speak English and French, which was clarified. But do you think she was just like, Fergie, I'm set. I'm set. I have two. I don't need any more. I don't need another copy. Fergie also revealed that the queen was the inspiration for some of the characters. Fascinating. And Fergie gave a corgi update at this event. She said that Mick and Sandy are national treasures, and they are happily enjoying time with Andrew and Fergie's five Norfolk Terriers. So it's really quite a wow, that's a crowd. Quite a house. group of dogs now at the Royal Lodge. Roberta and I were laughing. We had the opportunity to work side by side yesterday, and this detail. Fergie has finished writing the second installment of her series called A Most Intriguing Lady, and her big promise at this literary festival was that there would be quote more bodice ripping included. So apparently maybe fell short on that friend in the first Her Heart for a Compass, but that made me LOL. This is, that's what makes me think the queen didn't sign off. (laughs) Like, are we sure? And I feel like saying that now, how can she, like, it's just funny to think that there's even more bodice ripping in this next edition. Yeah, hilarious. Honorable mention for royal history, it is also Princess Eugenie's wedding anniversary this week on October 12th. They've been married four years. Did we check? Was there an Instagram post? There was this beautiful black and white photo of them in the carriage, and the caption's so sweet. Eugenie says, happy anniversary, my Jack, four years and counting, and a bunch of emojis. So it was a really sweet tribute to Jack. How can How is it four years that have already gone by? It's wild. Yeah, and they're officially splitting their time between Portugal and Kensington Palace. Reports came out that they're actually back at Ivy Cottage, which was their post-marital home before Frogmore, and not Nottingham Cottage, which was where they were presumed to be moving next. And it's still sort of a question mark as to why they moved out of Frogmore Cottage. I feel like that because Meghan and Harry aren't there all the time, why would they need to move out? So it's very interesting to think about what's going on behind the scenes with that shuffling. And 
I don't know. Will Kane Williams stay in Adelaide? Are they going to move into Windsor Castle? I feel like a lot is still up in the air there. Absolutely. All right. Charles's coronation date. This was sort of a surprise. I think a lot of people, the press included, it was widely reported that this would happen actually in early June to honor the Queen's coronation date and that it would, you know, 70 years later, a new king. That didn't happen. Charles scrapped that for May 6th, 2023, which also happens to be his grandson Archie's fourth birthday. It's wild to think... Uh, Rachel, every almost every member of the Sussexes has had their birthday in England because Lilibet, it was the Jubilee celebrations, Platinum Jubilee. Harry, it was his grandmother's passing. And so his birthday on September 15th was over there. And now Archie's might be. I don't know if they'll go over, but I just think that's very weird. I know. It feels like the royal calendar is bigger than all the birthdays, but it does feel like it's just this consistent conflict. I feel bad for the Sussexes because it really upends their ability to celebrate specifically that occasion. Yeah, it's like you almost want to honor just his birthday, but now they have, obviously, Charles's coronation. It's also, it's an interesting date, though, because so King George V exceeded the throne on May 6th in 1910 and took over from King Edward VII. It was also Princess Margaret's wedding date to Anthony Armstrong Jones, a.k.a. Lord Snowden. So it is a big date in the royal calendar already. It's also close to the bank holiday that they have, the first weekend of May. And so maybe it was tied to that. There's chatter that there won't be another bank holiday added, but maybe they'll shift the date of that one so that it coincides with this date and the coronation so that everyone can kind of celebrate. I know Rachel and I want to get over there so bad. If any Roros are planning to go, let us know. And also, though, this is my question. Does this mean that we'll have the coronation at the beginning of May and then Trooping the Color will be that first weekend of June as tradition kind of dictates? I believe so, yeah, because that's the official birthday celebrations of the monarch. So that seems like it actually is kind of nice that it's spread out, but... I guess It'll we'll be have a very celebratory and... summer for the yes, Royals. Exactly. I'm definitely happy to have a date. I think you and I are very type A. Put it on the calendar. We appreciate book our that hotel. Yeah, from book King the Charles. flights. Get it all settled. Buckingham Palace also confirmed that obviously it's going to take place at Westminster Abbey in London, where British monarchs have been crowned for the last 900 years. Queen Camilla is set to be crowned alongside Charles. Also, Archbishop of Canterbury Justin Welby will conduct the ceremony. He will anoint Charles with holy oil, and Charles will receive the orb, coronation ring, and scepter and be crowned with the majestic St. Edward's crown. He will receive all the blessings. It's interesting, though, all of those facts also coincide with the fact that they are going to slim this down from three hours to one hour is supposedly what's being reported by the Mail on Sunday last weekend. They're going to cut the guest list from 8,000 down to 2,000, 6,000 people getting axed. It feels like a lot of those people are like maybe members of parliament. I 
that's awful if you were on the guest list originally and then definitely got Got to make other plans. Yeah. Invite got lost in the mail. Um, They're still going to use the Gold State Coach, and they're going to try and make it more religiously and culturally diverse to reflect this modern era that we're in, which feels appropriate. The Duke of Norfolk is acting as Earl Marshall and planning the massive event called Operation Golden Orb. He was also in charge of all the funeral proceedings alongside someone else. So, And did he get his license back? We'll have to. I feel like he has to. I hope so. He needs to get around. He's too busy. (laughs) It's going to be more modern, which I was a little torn about because I I love the pomp and circumstances. I want to see all the pageantry and kind of all the traditional elements as well. Like I feel like that makes it really special. So Mm -hmm. I hope they don't cut too much down. And, make it and I think modern. that's like the taxpayer quotient because it is yeah. – there's a cost of living crisis, but I agree. I think that it would be really fun to experience that, you know, over-the-top grandeur. Is that the word? Grandeur? Grandeur? Yeah, How do I definitely. Say <laughs> I know. No, I want to see all the robes. I want to see all the outfits. I think they're swapping some of that for like just regular suits. And I'm like, no, keep keep all of the ermine <laughs> silk robes. I just feel exactly. like it, it, I want to see that, especially in like we've seen, you know, footage from the queens. But I think to have high definition 21st century, like that, the proceedings will just be that much more real for all of us watching at home. Hopefully we're watching in person though, Rachel. So we'll see. It's going to be very exciting as more details come. Yeah. On a totally different note, uh, royals have been over the airwaves this week. Of course, we had an episode of Archetypes, but Kate and William took the mic. I think podcasts are just the arena the royals need to continue to play in. They joined BBC Radio 1 to co-host the Newsbeat program in honor of World Mental Health Day. The last time they joined this particular program was in 2017 to launch Heads Together. Like I said, I love the royals on podcast. I was a huge fan when Kate joined that Happy Mummy, Happy Baby podcast. But this in particular, it was only about 20 minutes in total, them joining this. And it was really, they were kind of emceeing with a group of people that were in experts that were talking about mental health. But it felt kind of thin to me, if I'm being totally honest. I just thought that there were very few actionable tips. And I... There was a lot of talk of this mental health toolbox and the word mental health kept being used. But I felt... I always just want, maybe it's the writer in me, I want those actionable steps of, for example, what am I putting in that toolbox and what are the next steps? There was just a lot of flash. I want to play this clip. This is Newsbeat with the Prince and Princess of Wales. Newsbeat. This is a Newsbeat special on mental health with William and Catherine. We've taken over Newsbeat to talk about the importance of mental health. We're not alone. With us today are... I mean, it was definitely very, you know produced and put together. But I just, I think, again, it's just, it comes back to that wanting the next steps. And to be fair, they had, it was a very short moment. And I think it's hard. It's, you got to have more runway sometimes to get into the details. And I don't know what the time limitations were for, for even just not on their schedule, but in terms of taking over the airwaves, but I want more. I, I, I I was going to say too, a lot of style, not a lot of substance. I think the people they had on, there was like a panel of six, they were incredible to hear from. And I Mm -hmm. think their stories were so moving. But I agree. It wasn't like, I I think we expect so much too. And I hate to compare because I I know that there's no real comparison here. But I think with archetypes hearing Megan and how 
proficient she is at podcasting, it really sets the bar so high for everyone else, for all of the royals. And I think I, I think that she's done an incredible job with archetypes and really she has a lot more time and a lot more space for that. But it's also, I think that there weren't a lot of takeaways here. And we talked about this yesterday too, but I, th- I do think that we want to hear from Kate and William on these issues. They've focused on this mental health issue for so long since Heads Together and before that. So it would be nice to hear more. Well, I think also it illuminated for me how much specificity really helps. Like I think Mm -hmm. if William and Kate were able, this might just again have been a flaw with the setup of the program, but if they were able to insert more personal experiences of how they've navigated specific mental health moments and conflict and hardship, I think that that just translates so powerfully. So hopefully they'll do more of this. I'm not totally writing them off. I love hearing their voices on the airwaves. Also, casual shout out to their Mary Berry mention. I can't believe this was in December 2019 before the world imploded. But uh, one of the experts joined the podcast and talked about how it was a very big moment because it introduced him to Shout, which was their um, initiative with texting. And I want to play that. And then cue you guys. December 2019. And I saw you on TV on the special with Mary Berry. On your marks, get set, go. So we're going to ice the baking paper first. Go crazy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be timid. Uh, okay. Don't be shy. The power of Mary. Good old Mary. Mary. Yeah, Mary. <laughs> I love their little, oh, we love Mary. We yeah. all love Mary Berry. I'm also watching good the new Mary. season, by the way. I'm sure you are too. I haven't started British. yet. I'm saving oh, it. I'm saving it. So good. I can't wait to watch uh, it. Last note about this BBC Radio One moment, and I think this is where they just had more opportunities to get real, was their sign-off was they definitely had William do three takes. And Kate and William, they are just like us in the podcasting. It's hard. It's really hard. So I think that uh, this was a little moment of just behind the scenes showing what it's like. We'll play that clip. It's been great chatting to you guys. Thank you very much. Prayer back to you. Have you found it? Have you loved it? Good. Absolute professionals. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Please use all three. All three. (laughs) Do all three together. (laughs) BBC Sounds. Music, radio, Love it. More of that and less scriptedness because I think that was what was so delightful was seeing them kind of do their own thing without any scripts for mental health and just I wish they would have been a little more candid with it. But mentioning archetypes... Earlier, yes, let's talk about we it. We had this kind of earth shattering episode featuring Constance Wu, Jenny Slate, Deepika Padukone dissecting words like crazy and hysterical. And there was a content warning ahead of it. I was, I, this is my favorite place to listen to podcasts on the New York City subway. I can really zone out. I thought it was an incredible episode, and you know, it sheds light on Constance Wu's exit from social media and the why behind the tweet that she sent about Fresh Off the Boat being renewed for another season. And then there's also this reveal from Megan that I wanted to play. At my worst point, being finally connected to someone that, you know, my husband had found a referral for me to call and I called this woman. She didn't know I was even calling her. What? (laughs) And she was (laughs) checking out at the grocery store. I could hear the little beep. And I was like, hi, and I'm introducing myself and like literally here going, wait, sorry, I'm just, who is this? Um, and saying I need help. And she could hear the dire state that I was in. But I think it's for all of us to be really honest about 
what it is that you need and to not be afraid to make peace with that, to ask for it? I think for me, again, this is that personalization and I'm not wanting to compare. I'm really not going down that rabbit hole, but I think just showing the specificity of the challenges of asking for help when it comes to mental health and how awkward it can feel. I think that is the part that I really connected with and hearing Megan even express her own experience with that was really powerful for me. I know. I connected so much, too, with Constance Wu crying so much throughout the yes. episode. She cries a couple times, breaks down tears. And, you know, Megan even says, like, um, it'd be weird if you didn't cry. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like I – I'm an emotional person and I definitely let my emotions show so much and I appreciated that they left that in instead of they were they could have easily cut that out they could have polished the episode so it wasn't so raw and I loved that they just left that in so I felt the same about that moment and it felt like it harkened back to that Tom Bradby interview about are you okay I felt like Megan jumped in and was like are you okay in not so many words but just you know it's important to ask Right now we have our conversation with Laura Ann. She's the face behind the Instagram handle All That's Pretty. You probably know her if you're a royal watcher. She met Kate and William last week in Northern Ireland. Here's our chat with her. Laura Ann, welcome to the pod. Roro's Laura Ann is a creator, photographer, and founder of luxury bouquet purveyor Little Buds. And as royally obsessed as any of us, she's at All That's Pretty on Instagram. Laura Ann, we're so thrilled to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So last week was your third time meeting Kate Middleton. Tell us everything. How did you arrange for such a serendipitous moment? And it wound up on their Instagram feed. Yeah, I was so, (laughs) um, I was thrilled to meet her again for the third time. Um, Kate and William don't come to Northern Ireland very often, maybe once every couple of years. And when they do, it's always very much late notice. Um, now, the thing about Northern Ireland, which I don't think many people appreciate it, is so small. It's not like London or England or Scotland. You can literally get from one side of Northern Ireland almost to the other within an hour and a half. Wow. Um, yeah, it's really small. So that is always to my advantage whenever a royal comes because I can, I'm self-employed as well. So I do make it my mission. And with my All That's Pretty Instagram page, it's all about following the royals. And we joke that I'm sort of like an unofficial royal correspondent that meets them when they come to Northern Ireland. So um, yeah, when they do arrive and um, it hits the news, usually I can get there under an hour, which it's, it's, it makes the search much easier. <laughs> That's amazing. Worth it. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they arrived on, was it Thursday last week? Now, I did get um, a bit of a heads up from a few followers on the Wednesday night. So, as I'd said, it is kind of my thing on Instagram and everyone <laughs> knows that <laughs> um, that I'm always looking to meet the royals, especially Kate. I sort of joke that she's my BFF. Um, so, I did get a few cryptic messages from followers on the Wednesday night. 
with little screenshots from their kids' schools to say, a royal is visiting tomorrow. We don't know who it is, but your child has been selected to come and meet the, them at uh, Carrickfergus Castle at a certain time. Um, so I maybe got maybe four different messages from different followers to tell me. Um, now, at that point, we still didn't know who it was. But if you look into it, whenever Kate and William got married, they became, the, correct me if I'm wrong, the Count and Countess of Carrickfergus. Um, yeah. So the fact and that they'd never visited where they'd visit a lot of their other. Um, so I think my bets were on that it was going to be them. Um, and then as the time goes a bit closer, like someone was like jogging in Belfast and sent me a message. There's loads of police everywhere. This area has been cornered off around this charity. It's I think people think because I've met so many royals now that I have this amazing inside knowledge or someone is tipping <laughs> me off. But it's actually just really nice followers who share the love for the royals as well and they want me to they love following the journey and seeing behind the scenes of me going to meet them and they all help me out I and love that you have eyes and ears everywhere for your, <laughs> your searching meet and greet efforts <laughs> everywhere so I cannot take full um credit for finding and meeting them because it's absolutely a grip effort from people who follow me on the my all that's pretty Instagram page but um yeah so that was kind of how it all came together and worked and when I found out that morning um I just jumped in the car I suppose I've got the benefit of being self-employed and headed up and um yeah, got my place. It was a bit cold. I had Barney with me, which is my one and a half year old little boy. Um, I've got three boys. The other two were at school. And yeah, we headed to um, into Belfast to the first location and sort of you, you knew where you, where you were in the right location. There was police everywhere. There's barriers up. Wow. And we just stood and got a coffee and just waited. <laughs> how long did you wait? How how early were you there? Probably around just over two hours, but really isn't that bad for a lot no. of, I mean, I've done, like I did the Queen's funeral in the mall there last month. I went wow. over for the Jubilee and that's like 10 hour waiting on the mall. So two hours for a royal is absolutely nothing, especially when you can get so close. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And are you yeah. just, is you know, making friends with the crowd? It's like, are you prepping? This is my question, prepping what you might say if you that's meet That's what them? it is. It's yeah, it's a lot of conversation with the crowd. It's also the police. I mean, the police that are standing there, you know, there's different, there's police and then there's royal protection officers. The police are very much just there to, um, to, to do what they're told to do and stand at certain areas and block off crowds and move barriers. But they're standing there for hours on end sometimes too. And they can be a bit bored, you know? So yeah. when you're standing there, you actually really get chatting to them because you've got time to put in. They want to ask what you're up to, you know? It can be quite a long shift when you're just standing in one place for hours during the day. So yeah, a bit of chit chat and um, yeah, and then you can sort of ask a few questions. Do you know what time they're coming once they realise that you're quite friendly and quite <laughs> nice and they can give you little tidbits and say, I think it's going to be a bit longer or um, I was told at that point they might not do a walkabout there. The walkabout was definitely in Carrickfergus, okay. which I, I knew, but it was at three o'clock and I have the two older kids to get from school. So it wasn't really doable for me. So, but I knew like the entrance where I was standing and the entrance to where the charity that they were going into was literally like five meters. It wasn't far. So even if I was going to get that close and get a wave, I was going to be delighted because I'd met her a couple of times already. So the they arrive and they get out of the car and you you didn't meet Kate on the way in, right? It was when she was leaving? Yeah. So you can, if you go onto my Instagram and the highlights, you can see the whole 
the whole play of the whole meeting, but they got out of the car um, she got out, she turned around and she noticed. Um, I think the key always with royals, and I've said this many times before, is bring flowers. You have to bring flowers. Um, and obviously, as my business is uh, luxury faux flowers, it made sense to give her my own instead of somebody else's. So I did have the flowers and she turned around and gave us a bit of a wave and then they went in. Um, when they went into the charity, we were told that they were going to be there about 20 minutes. Um, and then they were moving on to their next um, part of their itinerary. But after about half an hour, the friendly police officers told us then that they um, they were definitely held up and they were going to be at least another 45 minutes. So their whole set of engagements were, were very much pushed back for the wow. day. So that coupled with the fact I was already told they'll probably not do a walk around. I was really not expecting it this time at all because they were running so late. Um, yeah. So anyway, we waited and waited. It was chilly and obviously I had a one-year-old with me. Yeah, was so your son <laughs> okay? Was he just chill hanging on? Because I think about that element. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. And this is, again, like it's people like the police officers. They're so friendly. They're just, you know, there's protection officers and then there's the regular police officers and they're so friendly and like they were like playing with Barney okay. and, you know. Aww, it's a really lovely sweet. atmosphere I can't like tell you that like it really is a nice atmosphere everyone's really quite excited um so yes so then they um you could see them starting to emerge out and at that point they had like a press pack with them and they came out first of all and then Kit and William were sort of saying their goodbyes to the charity but then at that point I noticed the press walked straight ahead onto the road and round to my left like right beside me mm. so this this was the moment that I knew, like, this is, this is actually, come, so they're ca- someone's I coming know. over. I feel like yeah. I'm there right now. Uh, the, the nerves, the nerves just get you because I just, there was no other reason. They were standing on the road and they were right beside me. So I just knew this was like, this was it. So got Barney up and um, he was sort of sitting his pram watching Peppa Pig at this point <laughs> on my phone. I love that. That's a hot detail. I love that, Peppa Pig. Um, and then... Um, then they they came out and then she turned around and she literally, you can see in my video, she literally just sort of did a quick skip and jump over. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was really lovely. I can't tell you how your nerves get the better off you in the moment. Like there's things that I maybe plan to think, oh, I could maybe say this or that, but really she's just she's such a presence. It's incredible. She's so beautiful. She's so eloquent. She's just Oh, I there was so much that I think I just froze quite a bit in the moment. Um, and I look back and I actually struggle to watch my videos back when I meet the royals because I, I don't sound like myself. <laughs> I just get <laughs> I, I, I try to think that I'll be better the next time, but I'm never any better. <laughs> well, to us you look so elegant. I feel like we would have been so blow like distracted by that blue blouse, which I just keep so looking at those strong. photos. She was just so stunning in this moment and I, I would be overcome as well. Well, she must recognize you at this point, right? It's been three times. I feel like she has to recognize you. I know. People do say that. I don't think I can say that about myself, but people do say that. And I hope if she does, she doesn't think it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's a very endearing um, thing that I really do enjoy the Royals. And I absolutely love everything that she does. Like she's a total role model. I think she's just incredible. And when I say that, um, you know, I would, I, I, I cringe listening to myself back because there's things that I I wish that I could have said I did come along a lot better than the first time I met her when I couldn't actually speak and when I say (laughs) I couldn't I I couldn't speak I mean nothing came out of my mouth she told me that she thanked me for my flowers and told me I was at a a garden party in Hillsborough Castle and she told me she really loved my dress and that I looked beautiful and when I tell you I couldn't speak I literally (laughs) went "Ah, like that (laughs) 
<laughs> and she just looked at me and smiled and then walked away and nothing, nothing came out. So I have progressed over the oh, years. <laughs> oh my gosh, we would all be way worse than what you, yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I relate to that so much. And you, I mean, this is the thing, we just have been following you for so long. You are so I mean, your success rate with meeting royals. You've also met the queen and Meghan. Can you tell us about those or any tips and tricks you have for, you know, our? I think that with the coronation coming up, a lot of our listeners are going to want to replicate your success. Yeah, well, I mean, the, I do have the advantage, as I said at the start, of being in Northern Ireland. So when they do come to Northern Ireland, there is an incredible advantage in terms of meeting them because there is such a short drive to get to any place. Yes. And um, I do, because of my job as like a creator on Instagram, I do get invites to things like Royal Ascot, like in the Royal Enclosure, Chelsea oh. Flower Show, which I was at last year as well, which I got to get like a picture and video beside the Queen driving past. Do you remember whenever wow. she was on the little yes. buggy? Yeah. Um, so I suppose I do get myself in fortunate positions of, <laughs> of places like that. Um, and I'll be going back to like Royal Ascot next year, um, possibly for two days. So you know that they're coming every day and you get to see them on the carriages. So there is a lot of opportunities that I get because of my platform and Instagram. Um, but also I suppose like there's many trips that I'd go over just for the Jubilee or for um, the Queen's funeral where I'm just as a spectator and stand in the mall and see them them go past. Um, but but yeah, I think that the main thing is to bring flowers and do you know what? Maybe a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a baby. That's the key. Because Kate asked about Barney a baby. When, he, when he when he um when you met her this recent time, she asked about him, right? Or what was the conversation about? Yeah, she did. She asked about Barney, and the main thing was about his. Do you know the jelly cat teddies? The little growing yes, bunnies. We call course. them teddies, but I suppose it's a bunny. Um but she straight away said, oh, um, like it's a very worn teddy because he, he carries it everywhere. And she goes, oh, that's a very loved teddy. I forget the exact um, word she used, but it's all on my Instagram page. And she said, uh, oh, bun bun, she called him. And at the moment, I thought she said bum bum. And I just <laughs> smiled. <laughs> um, and she says, oh, we've got quite a few of those in our house. And William came over and he had said, oh, that's a very loved teddy. Don't lose him. Um, so, yeah, it was that's quite so cool. That's so sweet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The other kids, they're, they must be sad. <laughs> Barney got such a moment with the Princess of Wales. And well, Prince of do you Wales. know, George, my second, so I have three boys. George, my second boy, has met um, Kate as well on okay. the oh, previous wow. occasion already. And I got to tell her that he was called George, which she said was a very uh-huh. beautiful name. Oh. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, that we awesome. absolutely love this inside account of this experience. And we will, I mean, I guess, what are the takeaways, Roberta? We need to open a flower shop and bring flowers yeah. and bring a baby <laughs> and uh, make sure for the coronation where, you know, we just, it's such great info and get there early. So happy I you. mean, I feel like getting there as early as possible to get that front row spot is so crucial. It is. You got to be in for it. When King Charles came over just after the Queen's funeral, um, he had to come over to Hillsborough Castle, which was quite publicized before he came. And he was due to arrive about one o'clock. And that day I was in Hillsborough for about 6 a.m. Um, so, oh, yeah, it wow. was um, it was an earlier start. But I did get to meet him as well, which was really nice. I got to shake him and um, Camilla's hand as well. So wow. it's just dedication. You really have to put the time in. And if you are royally obsessed, it feels very worth it. <laughs> exactly. And I, I can't emphasize enough how lovely it is. If it's doing that or if it's on the mall, the people that you're beside, you genuinely become friends with them. It's a long time. You could be waiting like 10 hours in the mall, but everyone has a really, really lovely community atmosphere. And once you've done it once, I can tell you, you'll be absolutely hooked. It's really <laughs> addictive because it's so much fun and you meet really lovely, like-minded people. And, um, 
um, it's just a really, it's, it's just a really nice thing to do. Oh my gosh. We love it. Well, thank you so much for popping on to talk to us about this. It means so much. And, uh, and I guess we'll all just, you know, make sure to keep up with your Instagram. All that's pretty on, um, for all the upcoming adventures. There's so many events coming up and especially again, leading into the coronation. Yeah, Thank and all so my much. highlights um, show all the different meetings with all the different royals at the bottom as well, which go back a few years. So it's all there. Okay, oh. we can't wait to go back there. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you. much, Laura Ann. Thanks, this Laura was Ann. awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I love getting the play-by-play. Play. <laughs> it's so great. Now we have some hot tips. If we go over to the coronation, everyone take note. Bring if. a baby. When? <laughs> when, Rachel? Before we adjourn the royal pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My low is this new lawsuit news with Harry. He's suing Associated Newspapers. He has a group of friends with him this time, which I feel like, you know, strength in numbers. Elton John, David Furnish, Elizabeth Hurley, and others are joining in. And the low is this, the details of this case are so distressing. It says the plaintiffs have become aware of compelling and highly distressing evidence of bugging their cars and homes, recording their private phone calls, paying cops for information, impersonation to obtain medical information. It's such a throwback to these like phone tapping, text message hacking scandals that happened in the past couple decades. And I feel like, you know, they're going after them again. This will bring this total amount of lawsuits for the Sussexes to five against Associated Newspapers. So we'll see that the newspaper did come out with a strongly worded statement rebuffing all of this. So we'll have to see how this plays out. But those allegations are just sickening to think about. So creepy. I know. My low comes with a disclaimer. I love Emma the horse. I just want to go on the record. But when we got that alert this weekend that there was a new portrait released of her, I felt like it it read to me like a counter to all the crown stuff that's about to play out. Like a distraction technique. The royal family Instagram is like, yes, there's all this stuff about Charles cheating, fiction, you know, fictionalized version about to hit the airwaves, but just stare into the eyes of Emma. Yeah. It will all be all right. I just felt like I was like, I mean, I took the bait. I, like I said, I love Emma, but I just think that it was a little bit playing, you know, pulling her heartstrings. So it was, it was, it was such a poignant moment of the funeral. And then to think they're like throwing themselves a little pity party to keep that going, to keep us, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was brought me right though. back. I was emotional, but I was like, hmm, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love Emma, but I also wanted a real royal portrait of one of the I know. Family. That's like, the news was, was such a tease. Yeah, yeah, it was such a tease. All right, my high this week is a weird just lol high it's that mike tyndall is supposedly going on i'm a celebrity get me out of here which is a reality show over there he'll be in the australian jungle it comes out right around the crown which maybe is a deflection but i i feel like it's my high because i think i'm excited to see him in this situation i'm excited to maybe hear these like candid tidbits from him about royal life on the side so we'll see i don't know he he reveals a lot always especially on the podcast so we'll have to wait and see if he it's a little bizarre i will say but it's we'll see we'll see My hi, Roberta, also about The Crown. I just, there were more pictures released of Elizabeth Debicki on set. I believe it might be for season six, because I, I mean, I, I would assume season five is in the can. It's coming out in about a month. So it was her in Mallorca filming with 
young William and Harry wearing this beautiful red dress. It just, that was a very much Diana copycat, something she wore in July 1997. Just so excited. Although I know that season will be gut-wrenching. Because they're delaying her death till season six. I thought we were going to have it play out in season five, right? That's what yep, we all it'll thought. it'll be season six. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not this season. Oh, we can, like, kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Kind of really. breathe, yes. It'll still be right. hard, I think. Yes. Just a reminder before we close, please leave us a royal rating. We love five-star reviews. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at royallyobsessedpodcast and email us info at gallerypodcasts.com. Until next week. God God save the the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.